So hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey. Now, we've been back playing a little while, haven't we? It's amazing to be back on the court, but the really exciting thing is that the professional level tournaments are also coming back. You know, we've seen the, the clay court season and now we've got a Grand Slam coming up. We've got the French Open coming up. And, you know, I'm really excited to watch the French Open. I love the fact that it's on clay. You get those epic, epic rallies going on. Um, but if, if I'm honest, you know, I've got like, in terms of, knowing who's going to do well and following it. You know, I've got as many questions as I've got answers, but I know a man who has the answers to the questions that I have. And it's a, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome back to the show, Pav Gill. Hello, Rob. Thank you for that amazing intro as ever. Uh, I don't know if I'll give you the, uh, the answers that you're looking for, but I'll certainly try and, uh, and like you said, I'm absolutely buzzing that not only back to be back playing, but the fact that we've got um, the Grand Slam season, I always call it the Grand Slam season, Rob, because obviously the, the French um, Open happens and we know that Wimbledon happens soon after that. So it's for me as a tennis fan and a player, it's the best time of the year. And um, I'm beyond excited for this year's uh, French Open. Brilliant. I've come up with some more alliteration. We did that first time around. It's Pav's perfect Paris predictions that's what we're going to go with Pav's perfect Paris predictions let's see if we can get it right but I must ask you my friend I mean you've been back playing what since 30th of March eight weeks in how's it going you enjoying it you enjoy being back playing yeah I mean to be honest with you I think I've taken I mean tennis as you know is part of my life playing and watching it and I think I took kind of playing for granted almost um you know you just think you what you you play and, and you can play when you want and uh, and the pandemic when we couldn't play in the winter months, which, um, you know, for me is is quite important because I work from home and tennis is also a social outlet. And and I, and I really struggled. I think, you know, not only me and I know, you know, you've had it difficult as well, but I missed I think we weren't allowed to play tennis for four months. Um, it was tough. It was tough. And, and you know, it's it was winter and, and, you know, you couldn't really go out in the garden and. Uh, the weather wasn't nice and uh, yeah, I, I really, really missed it. And uh, I'm just so blessed to be back playing, to be honest. Um, it took me a few weeks to kind of just get back into the swing of things and the fitness hasn't been great. Uh, but we've just started, as you know, the league matches just started a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and yeah, just blessed to be back playing, really. I just, you know, enjoy it. Um, you know, I'm not sure where my level is uh, at. You know, it's uh, kind of where, where it was probably. Uh, but but yeah, just just enjoying it. And um, and and thankfully, fingers crossed, we've had a bit of rain in the last couple of weeks that next few weeks look absolutely uh, amazing. So uh, looking to take advantage of that. Cool. Well, then I know like, um, I mean, it's so important, isn't it? Enjoying it. That's what matters. And uh, yeah. The grass courts at Rolls-Royce, I know your vice chair there. How are those grass courts looking? Well, they, they need some work on them, I'm going to be honest with you. So they opened, um, we had a slight issue this year in there. Our groundsman was put on furlough. So obviously furlough is the, the buzzword of the last year. So uh, um, we've had to adjust like other, other clubs as well. So the groundsman is now back. He, he kind of resumed in May. So we had a, our grass courts were open a couple of weeks later. Um, I've only just played on them once uh, because of the rain. Uh, and, and that was amazing. It was just so good to be back. And now because of the sun, um, you know, the grass courts are now being cut. They're being marked. They're being rolled. Um, and the more play on them, that they're obviously the better they're going to be. So they're all ready now. 
um, and I'll be, you know, hitting them at the weekend and, and I'll let you know I'll get on. Come on, I hope I'll get to see you down on those class courts real soon, Pav. But today we're talking clay, of course. Now, French Open, it, it's one I've never been to. Have you ever been to the French Open? So I've been to the US and I've been to the Wimbledon. French Open is, yeah, I've never been to the French Open, yeah. which uh, um, is something that I last year, well, I think in like 2019 was the year that I decided that 2020 was going to be my uh, French Open and we'd organised it with friends and, and uh, you know, my wife was going to join us and we were going to take the little one and, and have a, a whole week. And then obviously um, the pandemic happens and, and, you know, it's kind of just put plans to uh, to bed. I mean, I bumped into uh, two friends, the Hadleys, and um, I said, I said, um, I said, oh, you know, I know you guys love the French Open. Why is, what is it you love about that tournament? And it was really interesting. They said, you know, Wimbledon is is very British, you know, but they said to me, it's a very different sort of kettle of fish in Paris. They didn't use that phrase. That's one of mine. Um, but they said, you know, it's a bit more like a football atmosphere. Yeah. There's a bit of chanting going on. There's a real buzz about the place. Yeah. Um, and, that you know, they were saying that it, it's very, it's it's equally as good as Wimbledon. You know, they're, they're both, mm. of course, incredibly special places. But having chatted to them for about five minutes, it made me excited about the tournament. It made me want to go. You know, I got home. I was like, Becky, can we go to this tournament next year? I think this year there's only like, you know, around just over 5,000 in, isn't there? And then from later in the tournament, there's going to it's going to be more than double that. But yeah, it's, maybe it's not this year, but mate, I'll see you there next year, shall we? Absolutely. And and I can relate to that. I mean, just watching it, you can hear the crowd is different. There's, you know, it's a lot more raucous atmosphere. And I think with us missing the Davis Cup being on on, on kind of home soil, um, because it's now obviously in one place, um, we miss that. I think tennis fans miss the fact that there's different atmospheres. And Wimbledon, I love it's, um, you know, who, who doesn't love Wimbledon? But um, it's nice to go to a tennis event to experience a different atmosphere. So I can totally relate to the Hadley saying, yeah. you know, they love it because it's a different atmosphere. And, and you know, you do have people shouting and, you know, it, it is kind of a bit more like a carnival atmosphere. And, and I can relate to that because I've been to the US Open on, on night sessions and, and that's completely different as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just bringing a different element of tennis into it, which is which all have their own charms don't they and and, and the slats the slums are very very special you know for fans and players you know what, i love you've used two words there raucous and carnival i mean that sounds like fun to me Pat. that's what <laughs> i want to be i want some raucous carnival action come on <laughs> now mate the, the story that's caught my eye kind of in the build-up just these past few days uh naomi osaka saying that she's going to skip press conferences you know citing mental health awareness um what do you make of all that pav um, I, I mean, I, I've been quite vocal about this, Rob. I'm not going to lie. I've been on Twitter and, and it's something that I was quite vocal about. And I appreciate that, um, as with many things in life at the moment, it divides opinion. And, and uh, you know, tennis has uh, divided opinion a, a lot in the last year, particularly in the pandemic. And again, this is another topic that has done the same. Um, but, you know, as ever, I'll, I'll always call it as I see it. And for me, I think... Um, as, a, as a professional player, Naomi Osaki is a fantastic player. She's now the leading um, income earner on the whole tour on the, on the, the, the women's side. So she's surpassed the likes of Serena and, and Ash Barty and is right at the top. And it's an obligation to do. You know, for me, as a, you know, uh, it's a contractual thing to do. 
Uh, so all players that sign up for the Grand Slam know that they have to speak to the press after a match. Yep. And it's a great insight for any individual sport, whether it's boxing or snooker or darts, to actually speak to the players that have either won or lost in, in the biggest event of our sport and give them a view, an insight of the view. It's not only important to fans who, who, who want to listen to their heroes and their peers. And, and, you know, Naomi Osaka is one of the most high profile players in the world. And, and she's a role model to, to many, many people. So people want to listen to her. But it, it's not only that. It's the media element are part of tennis. So for them to, um, to, to succeed, they need to be interviewing players and they need to then um, obviously take out what they got from press conferences and make it into articles and podcasts. And then the whole of the tennis kind of um, survives and thrives and the profile and, and, you know, the more that they can get. And I totally get the press conferences. Some of the questions are so mundane. Yeah. And, are so, you know, you look at some of the questions, you think, do these people understand what these players go through? And I totally get that top players, given the chance, would not do press conferences. Yeah. You know, after a three or four hour match on a Grand Slam, you know, you your focus really is is rest and rehabilitation and you want to get yourself ready. And I totally get that they don't want to then spend 30, 45 minutes, an hour, however long it is, straight after a match talking, you know, about their match when they want to be resting. They want to go to the hotel room. They want to get rubbed yeah. down. They want a cold shower. So I totally understand Naomi's point of view in terms of, you know, this is putting extra strain on, on, on herself. And I, I totally get that. And, and, you know, she's citing mental health reasons. I, I totally appreciate that as well. I mean, Ash Barty and Novak have both recently said that they, um, they don't particularly like the press conferences, but it's part of the process. It's what we've signed up to. So that's yeah. what Ash Barty has just said about an hour ago, actually. She just said, this is what we've signed up to. As yeah. professional players, it's contracted to do. And, it's something that they have to do. And, and it's something for them, they give back to the media, to the fans. Yep. Uh, and ultimately it helps grow the sport. So I, 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 I don't understand it, but I totally appreciate and respect Naomi's viewpoint on it. And I totally appreciate and expect that other people have said, good for her. She's yep. made a stance. And I, I respect that viewpoint as I well. With it. I really, I hope it, you know, the, the word again sticks in my mind mundane. I, I hope that the stand she's taken helps address some of that, mundane elements of the questions that are asked but the truth is that you know as you say players want to get back and rest and um, and rehabilitate and get ready and the the fact is that the press conference is part of it so if you're not doing that press conference is that not a competitive advantage that you've got over the other players and that for me is why yes as, as ash has as bart has said if you've signed up for it you've got to go for it in terms of the of her you know chances going into the tournament she's world number two she's won the australian open but i guess beaten in the quarters miami lost last 32 madrid in in the italian open hat i mean how do you see her chances going into paris from a tennis point of view um i'll be zero <laughs> zero i don't I mean, Naomi Osaka is the, the greatest player on a hard court at the moment. I think that's undisputable. She's won the last two slams. Um, her clay court record is, is, is pretty abysmal. So I think in the, in the five years that she's played, she's not got past round four in, in any of the events. In the events leading up to um, uh, Roland Garros, she's, she's lost first round. 
Um, she lost to Pagula quite badly and, and uh, uh, you know, in, in Rome and she lost early in, in, in Madrid. Um, she would openly admit that she doesn't like, she's a bit like Danny Medvedev. You know, Medvedev's a brilliant hardcore player, but he says he can't get the moving and sliding on clay. And Naomi's exactly the same. You know, she, she's got the, she hits the hardest ball in the game, I think. And I think on the hard surface, that is really, really hard to um, to kind of defend against. But in clay, it's a great leveler in that, you know, the, the, the clay kind of soaks it up. So, you know, you're more reliant on spin, which is why Raf has been so successful with his top spin. Uh, and the, the, you, you need to be able to move. Uh, you need to be able to move and slide. I love that. That was a that was a straight to it kind of give it to the straight answer. Zero chance. Now to somebody who does have a chance. See if I get this pronunciation. I'll be interested to hear your pronunciation on this one. So Iga Shvantec, Shvantec, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, 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 well, Rob, you probably know uh, Mike James, uh, who's uh, a local Derbyshire. Yeah. Uh, and he's actually part of the team now uh, for Iga. So he works on analytics. Uh, and uh, and you know I've been you know I've known Mike for for a number of years and he's part of that that team now and uh, you know she's got a, a very very she's got one of the biggest teams uh, in the game now I've heard that she's got you know she she's taken it very very seriously and yeah absolutely she's uh, a phenomenal clay court player she has just she's the first person to win a Masters event nil and nil so she just beat nil nil in a final. Which is just, you know, Pliskova is a top 10 player, a former world number one. To lose love and love will tell you how good uh, Iga is, is playing. And, and uh, Clay is her surface. You, you know, she's, she's a big fan of Rafa and, 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 you know, she's been brought up on Clay. She moves really, really well. She also hits a really hard ball. So, so yeah, absolutely. She's going to be right up there and, and uh, defending champion, of course. She's got Mike behind her. She's won yeah. last year. She's done the double bagel in a final. I know. Pav, is Iga Svantec going to make it the double? Is she going to do it twice in a row? No. No? <laughs> Hang on a minute. I didn't see that coming. I thought you were going to say yes. No. So Mr. My, my, Mr. Pav, who is your prediction? <laughs> so my prediction for the women's uh, French Open winner for 2021 is Ash Barty. Is it? So, um, I think Ash obviously took most of the, the year off last year. Um, you know, Ash is someone that is is not just good in tennis. She's won, you know, she's an ex-international cricketer. She's won golf tournaments. So I think last year was a time for her being in Australia where it's difficult with the quarantine to say, actually, I'm going to take a break from tennis and, and um, you know, use that time to maybe look at the other sports that she was playing with. But she's come back this year. And she's won four titles, I believe. She has been unbelievable. She's beaten six of the top ten. She's beaten Eagle on, on, on clay. Uh, so that's obviously a big advantage. And she unfortunately had to pull out of Rome when she was on a winning streak of nine wins on the, on the trot on clay. So um, she, for me, is um, just... Um, a player that that plays on all surfaces. So we've talked about Danny Medvedev and, and Naomi being specialists on the hard court. Ash, Ash Barty is one of the few players that's won major titles on all three surfaces. So um, you know she's she, she's she's won the Roland Garros in 2019. So she knows what it takes, and I just think she's got that bit about her. But I think there was a bit of 
there was some talk why that she shouldn't be number one and Naomi should be number one. And I think that's all that's done is it's actually motivated her to say, you know what, people are saying I shouldn't be number one. I'm actually going to go out and, and prove that I, I was number one before the pandemic and I'm certainly number one now that the, the tennis has resumed. So I think Sviatek Igor is going to be her main competitor. But I think for me, my official prediction is going to be Ash Barty this year. I've got a good feeling for her. So Pav's prediction is Ash Barty. I'm going to go with Ego. I think she is going to do the double, but it'll be fun. You know, I'm so excited to see how it plays out. I mean, come Absolutely. on, come on. Now, what yeah. about a quick word? I mean, Brits Wise, Joe Conta, Heather Watson, what's your reading on, on their form? Pav going into this? Yeah. I, um, you know, we probably need to just talk a little bit about the Brits in terms of the qualifying. So there was um, a number of Brits that went in the qualifying rounds to try and get into the main uh, event. And, and they, they all unfortunately fell. Uh, and obviously we need to um, talk about our local um, uh, and friend uh, of ours, Jay Clark, who, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who who lost in a very, very tight match. So... Um, you know, he was playing a player ranked slightly higher than him and, um, you know, was playing, I thought was playing really good tennis, uh, you know, it was one set all. And then I think he broke back for three, four in the final set and, uh, a couple of, you know, it's just a couple of shots here and there and, 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 you know, he lost a tight one. So that was a shame because I know Jay does love the clay and, and he's got the game for clay. So, um, so that was unfortunate. And then Jodie Burridge, who, um, was one of my, tips to, to really push on as, as a Brit. She lost uh, another tight match. She was 4-0 up in the first set and unfortunately lost that uh, and then lost 7-5, mm. um, Harriet Dart was uh, made it to the final qualifying round, so she did really well winning her first two matches but lost at the, the final stage. Fran Jones, who we spoke about, is yeah. someone that is um, obviously one to watch. She unfortunately lost in the first round and, and Liam Brody unfortunately also lost, which was disappointing because he's been playing really, really well of late. Um, so that's the qualifying out of the way. In terms of asking a question, Brits, um, are we sticking to the women or are we talking both? Well, we can, we can, I think we can We can talk on both. I mean, yeah, just to say, can't wait to see Jay, Jay back over here and, and the grass yes. season as well. And come on, Jay. I mean, I, I followed that one. I didn't follow it. I followed it on the computer so I could see the scores and it was tight the whole way, wasn't it? So yes. come on, Jay. Um, I mean, Brits-wise, main draw, we've got, we've got Joe Conta, we've got Heather Watson, but it's interesting from the men's perspective just how well, you know, you've got Cam Norrie, what form he's had amazing form and Dan Evans has beaten your man Djokovic I mean he has he has going to be an exciting tournament from a British point of view Pav you know what I think that Dan Evans and Cam Norrie have have had more of a so Cam Norrie's had 14 wins on clay this year which is just unbelievable and he's beaten some top top players Dan Evans as you said has beaten the world number one in a Masters event he's also followed the up beating Goffin he's also won um, you know, he's got to the semi-finals of a Masters on clay. And, and that's almost unthinkable. I followed Dan Evans' career since a junior and, and, you know, no one would ever associate him being able to excel on clay. He's always been seen as more of a grass court and a hard court specialist. So um, to see him play well and move so well, it, I'm genuinely excited that Dan Evans and Cam Norrie have got a really good chance to, to make the second week in, in Roland Garros, which you know following British tennis is 
um, aside from Andy Murray, it's it's obviously you know unthinkable on the men's side for 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 us to even be thinking that uh, Roland Garros. But I think um, those two are if they can get you know favourable draws. Um, Dan, I think, can go definitely deep into the event quarters, maybe even the semi. Uh, you know, he, he could really do well. And Cam um, as well. He's but he's back in the top fifty now. Yeah. Uh, he just lost the final to Sipsy Pass in the, in the last play event in Lyon. Um, he's not scared of anyone. Um, you know, he's, he knows he's playing well. Clay is um, probably different to Dan Clay. You know, Cam's, Cam's always been good on Clay. So you may remember when he made his Davis Cup debut against Spain and uh, he went two sets to love down against Roberto Batista Agu, who's, you know, and, and away on Spain in the clay. And everyone had kind of said, well, you know, you know, thanks for turning up, Cam. And, and, and he actually goes and wins it in three. Uh, so, you know, he's got he's got a clay game. Um, you know, he moves well. He hits it, he hits it well. And, um, yeah, definitely got a chance. I think he's the 14th highest points on tour this year, something like that, which yeah. is just unbelievable for Cam Norrie. And I just can't wait. Isn't this an incredible little plot that is developing on the men's British game that we've got two players and one of them isn't Andy Murray, who yes. actually got, you know, really good chances of going quite deep into the tournament. Can't Absolutely. wait to follow that. Come on, Cam. Come on, Dan. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. How, about, how about Joe and, and Heather? So Joe and Heather... Um, Heather's had a really disappointing start to the year, so she's not won a match on clay and on the main tour. Um, clay has never been a surface that Heather um, excels at. Um, so it's going to be a tough ask. I think for Heather, I think her main objective will be to win a match. You know, winning a, winning a match in Grand Slam isn't easy, um, you, you know, and um, it's important for her to, for her ranking and for her confidence. And, and you know, if she can get through the first round and just try and get some confidence going, then I think she will be happy with that. I don't think we can expect her to make the second week that we can with Dan and, and Cam. Um, but, you know, we know that Heather's strongest part of the season is always when it's in the UK and on the grass. And and I'm sure she will be fit and raring to go for that. Joe, and she's still a top 20 player. So, you know, she's by ranking expected to make the second week. Um, I don't think she's going to have a serious threat of, of maybe, you know, matching some of her slam performances. She's, you know, she had numerous semi-finals, I think, in 2019, back-to-back um, at French and at Wimbledon. Um, but I think she can get a couple of wins, get her some confidence. Uh, she's got nothing to lose. I think. Make sure you're so... Again, though, come on, Joe, come on, Heather. It just makes me Absolutely. so excited for the French Open. <laughs> now, into the men's draw. I mean, I get a feeling I know what you're going to say about this, but... Mr. Rafa Nadal, he's, uh, he's won in Italy, he's won in Barcelona. Can you see past him? Can he make it 14 French Opens? No. <laughs> so, again, <laughs> so again, this is, a, I, I got a little bit of stick from this from Twitter, I'm not going to lie. So I, I kind of put out my predictions uh, a few days ago for the Roland Garros and I said, uh, whereas I know he's a bookie's favourite and he's the greatest player that we have ever seen and will ever see on clay. But yeah. this year, I just think, um, for, for a variety of reasons, I, I don't think he's going to win it this year. And and the reason being is, is that I just, I think that there's a couple of things. There's a lot of pressure on Rafa this year because he's got the chance to go for the all-time Grand Slam record. So that is yeah. that is an incredible amount of pressure to deal with um, 
Um, so that is something that, that, you know, he may not say affects him, but I think it will. But the other thing that I've noticed is, is that he is now beginning to lose a few more matches. So he's lost to Zverev twice. Uh, he's lost to Rublev. Um, he sits past and Shapovalov had um, match points against him, uh, which they weren't able to convert. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had any titles if they did before that. He also lost to um, uh, Vansha, who's, who's ranked 92, which which you wouldn't normally see. So it's, you know, Rafa is still the man to beat. He is the man on clay. He's the superstar on clay. But there's not that invincibility that he's had in other years. So it's almost like he's gone from being some godlike figure on clay to a little bit more human. And so that's another reason why this year for me makes the French Open fascinating because He's in other years, I think most years, most people accept that Rafa is going to win. And, and he does. You know, he won last year without lost, losing a set. Um, so, you know, he, he kind of canters through matches and, and no one can deal with his spin, his movement. But this year, the field seems to have just closed up. Uh, I think if you put a good case for why he may not win it. So now can we hear your case? For who will win it and why? Okay, well, I promise this isn't going to be biased because, as you know, for the Australian Open, I actually didn't back Djokovic, <laughs> and he did. So, but this time, I am I'm actually backing my man and, and my favourite um, Djokovic to go all the way and and, and win it. Um, and the reason being is, I just think when in, in the Australian Open, when Novak had this injury in the fourth round. And he had a lot of the press, and we talked about, spoke about it when we did the podcast for the Australian Open. And he had a he had a lot of media flack for, for kind of getting involved in um, trying to you know ask for better conditions, and and you know he was almost kind of put as this you know a, a target, and you know he's he's kind of someone that is um, you know making things difficult. And I think that actually motivated him. And he picked up this injury in the fourth round in Australian Open. And, uh, you know, it turned out to be a muscle tear. It looked as though for the world he was out of the event. But he kind of, he had that kind of steel with him where he, he was almost like, I'm not going to go. I'm not leaving Australia without a slam. And he, and he just kind of went into this kind of machine-like kind of player and, and, and kind of got the job done. And, you know, he's, he's never been like that on clay. You know, we all know he's a fantastic hardcore player. But this year... I can see that he is building and his priority is clay. You know, he's desperate. I mean, he, he'll openly admit it. He wants the records. You know, he wants to be the world number one for the longest time. He wants the most slams. And he, he, he's not, you know, he's not embarrassed to say that. He will openly admit it. So he knows that he's 34 now. He turned 34 last week. Wow. He knows he's probably got two or three years to not only kind of match Roger and Rafa, he's two behind them, but to, to surpass them. And he knows that if he wins Roland Garros this year, it means Rafa hasn't won. So he means the gap is down to one. Whereas if Rafa wins, Rafa goes to 21, the gap then goes to three. And then it's a race against the time then because they're both, you know, they're, they're both in the mid thirties now. And, and you, you, you then start thinking, well, I'm not sure if I can do it. So I, I just think he's got the, the mental strength 
Um, I think he's got the game as well. I mean, the, the, he played against Sitsipas, who's got the most wins on clay this year and, and is playing exceptionally well. I know he was your Australian yeah, Open yeah. tip, so we, it'll be interesting to see what you go for um, uh, for, for this time around. But um, Djokovic played him in the semi-final of, of Rome and it was one of the best matches that I have ever watched on a clay court where both players were playing exceptional tennis. And that's when I saw that Novak and I thought, if he can do this in Roland Garros, then he's got a real good chance. And obviously he played a brilliant final with Rafa that also went three sets in the final. And Rafa came out on top and deservedly so in the end. I think Rafa played um, the better tennis that match. But there's there's not much in it, Robert, is the answer. I'm not saying Novak is going to win comfortably. I think um, between Rafa, Novak, Tsitsipas, and I'm also going to put Zverev in there. I think there's four players that have got a genuine chance of winning. And it's we talked about percentages at the start of the podcast. It's going to be a little percentage here or there um, that 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 decides who's going to win that. I so my feel, I've got, I mean, I've in my notes I've put, you know, Sitsipas, as you say, he's had his form's been really good. I tipped him for the Australian. I felt he might make it through. I've just got a feeling that the drive that was that is within Djokovic that is within Nadal. I think, you know, how many years we've been talking about next gen and and coming through, but I, I feel Rafa's going to do it. You know, I feel like, I feel like to get to that 21st major to go past Federer, the, you know, the fact that his form is still very strong, albeit I totally understand your case, but again, this makes me so excited for this tournament because what a you know what a competition yeah. it's going to be, and and you've hit the nail on the head. I mean that's that's the reason why it's exciting. In that it's exciting if Rafa breaks the record. That is you know something that we never thought going up. We probably you know we're both similar sort of generations, and and you know we've kind of lived in the last fifteen years where where Federer has been way 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 ahead of anyone else in terms of slams, yeah. and for for someone to to then actually take that record off him and, and hit 21 on and hit 14 grand slams at the same event. That's exciting. So, you know, and, and, and I've said it as well. I said, if Rafa wins this year, he, he deserves it. You know, he's had, he's had all the pressure. He's had the field close up on him. And if he can still withstand that pressure, withstand people getting closer to him and still figures a way to win, then, uh, you know, you may have read that he's having a statue in Roland Garros uh, that, that has been announced this week. He deserves it. He, he absolutely deserves that. And, you know, he's, he, no matter what happens at the French Open, he is, for me, the greatest player of all time on clay. And, and no one will get anywhere near his records. You know, I've got a lovely little story for you. So it's, and, and thank you for your predictions on that, man. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I've loved this chat. Um, I was, the other day we were rained off. So down at Churchport and I was on the, the court at the bottom. Tom Rushby was at the top and we both had players we came off with. And I said to Tom, I don't know how we got onto Rafa. I said, oh, Tom, have you, have you, so this is Tom Rushby, Derbyshire yeah. player. I said, Tom, did you ever play Rafa? He said, yeah, yeah, a couple of times. I said, did you ever beat Rafa? He <laughs> said, yeah, I beat him. I beat him in doubles. I was like, what? I was like, Tom, <laughs> you need me as your PR man. I said, if I had ever got a point off Rafa Nadal, Everyone in this world knows about it. You've been a Derbyshire player has beaten. No, I, I know Tom well, and I, and I didn't know that. And uh, I, that's just yeah, 
you know, I know he's, he's paired up with, with Murray in, in doubles, but um, any sort of win, if I beat Rafa in tiddlywinks, I'd be... <laughs> to actually beat him in tennis is, you know, you know what? It just shows what a good player Tom is and, and, and a fantastic coach he's, he's turning out to be as well because uh, he makes the game look so, so easy. And, and you know, you've got to have some skill to beat um, anyone, whether it's singles or doubles. It's, it's just unbelievable. Such a modest chap, you know, but it's such a good story. Hey, so, I mean, we've got, I mean, obviously doubles wise, we've got some real contenders, certainly in the men's draw there, haven't we? With the likes of Joe Salisbury, the Skupskis, Jamie Murray. And one one thing I'm really uh, excited about too, and uh, is the wheelchair event, you know, we've got Alfie Hewitt, number three, Gordon Reed, number five in the world. We've got, Jordan Wiley, number four in the world. So, uh, you know, we've got some hopes of British success in other areas as well, haven't we? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, doubles, I think we've 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 spoken about it before, but I think in Britain we've, we've all grown up with playing league tennis through doubles. So we've always, um, we've always generated really, really strong doubles players throughout. You know, I always remember us having strong doubles players. This year, I think, um, again, Joe Salisbury and Rajiv Ram his partner have got a, a good chance to win it. Jamie Murray, obviously a, a multi Grand Slam winner, is always going to have a chance to win. Um, you know, Clay's probably not his best surface, but yeah, he's back now with Bruno Suarez, who where he had his most success with. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, the Stopsy brothers. You know, I, I know um, one of the brothers has been injured for a little bit of a, a time, and and um, Dan Evans was actually partnering. Was it- Neil and Neil and um, and Dan Evans did so well, didn't they? They did. I think they got to a final of the Masters. Uh, so so they did really well. And, and yeah, wheelchair tennis, as, as you know, Nottingham Tennis Centre is the home of UK wheelchair tennis. And um, it's so good to see, you know, the, these players, you know, give it their all. And, and they're just as competitive as the, the, the you know, any, any, any kind of form of tennis. And yeah. the quality of tennis is really good. I mean, we were blessed oh, to have... Amazing, isn't um, it? Really is amazing, and and I just hope anyone who's listening will will absolutely follow that because yeah, yes. the, the the likes of Jordan, Alfie, Gordon, you know, the world class and uh, well, and, and just a tremendous competitors and watching it yes. is watching the event so compelling. Yeah, no, absolutely, and we've we've been blessed to have um, a couple of wheelchair players play at Rolls Royce um, a couple of years ago, and so I was able to kind of watch and and see. Um, you know how they how they how they how they play and 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 some of the standard is 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 brilliant, but yeah, really important to get get behind them and and um, you know we've got some real good candidates for uh, um, for them going deep and 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 maybe even winning it. You know who knows? Come on, hey, well, mate. I mean, pleasure to chat once again. I think what an exciting French Open we've got coming up. I you know I've said it before, but I honestly think this year on the men's side it's the most open. French um, that French Open that I can remember in 15 years. On the women's side, we've we've spoken about it in the first post podcast. The women's game is wide open, so there is you know it, so many people can beat each other, uh, which makes it super super excited. We've got to put Serena in there as obviously Serena's trying to get one more for that yeah. record. Play isn't her um, isn't her thing, and she's had a couple of kind of defeats. But you know I think Serena when the pressure is off. And no one's looking at her. I think she could be really dangerous. Uh, and we talked about drive with Rafa and, and Novak. There's no one with you know more drive than Serena. And if someone tells us she can't do anything, 
then you know you know that she's going to do absolutely everything to prove people wrong so um i think it's exciting that you know we, we could potentially have serena you know go get, get you know get 24 at roland Garros. How, how amazing would that be and rafa get 21 so there's a lot of lot of exciting things you know i can't wait so um the draws out um you know it's you know all the players are back as well so you know it's the first uh, event in tennis where all you know Federer is back obviously Nadal's playing Djokovic is playing hey, that's big... what, you know you know that's what's going to happen isn't it we haven't mentioned Serena until the end we haven't mentioned Roger they'll go yeah. and win it they'll go yeah. and win it absolutely but it's the first time uh, the big three have been at this, uh, the same event since the Australian Open in 2020 so you know um you know it's been 18 months before that these three have actually played in the same event and as you may or may not know the draw was done last night and they're all in the same half of the draw. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that bombshell, eh? My uh, word. If it goes to plan, it will be a Djokovic Federer quarterfinal and a Djokovic Nadal semi-final. Wow. So, um, yeah, definitely just can't wait. It's so exciting. It's so good to chat. Here's to an incredible French Open and thank you so much for your time, Pav. We'll look forward to welcoming you back soon. Thanks for having me, Rob, and all the best and have a great weekend, mate. Thank you.